0: Man, how good is that? And I just want to um, honor Seth and Devs. I love you guys so much. And um, what amazing people were, humble people. And I've known um, Seth for a long time, and it was such a privilege to sit under your worship leading again. You're an absolute man of God. And this church knows how to sing. You guys sounded good, like real good. Maybe you should consider doing a choir as one of your small groups, the small group choir who would lead that? No, putting someone on the spot, me. Small groups happening everywhere, okay. But no, hey, it's such a privilege to be here, and um, I come from Elam Christian Center South, so I'm to Pastor Boyd and shares. and um, you know what it is like, and I was talking to these guys beforehand, when you're in church life, you do learn to do it all. Like, if you want an overview of skills, then go join a church, because you learn how to do sound, but also you learn how to, you know, talk to people and stuff. So it's like, you've got to get it all, but um, it is an absolute privilege to be with you um, this morning, and to share around this kind of subject of community, um, which you guys are talking about and you guys are launching into. So before we begin, let's just pray. Father, we thank you that you're here. Lord, you're here. And where you are, there you can bring transformation Lord, we thank you, Lord, that as Christians, we're not called to stay stagnant or stay the same. We're called to go from glory to glory. Lord, you made us to grow, to be conformed to your likeness. And so we pray, Lord God, that as we come around your word, which has the power to change us, Lord, that that is what it would do. Lord, that we would change this morning because we have met with you and we've encountered your word. And I pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and amen. Sometimes uh, preachers bring messages uh, that is like something that they feel very authoritative on. And then sometimes they bring messages that they have learned from their mistakes. And um, for me, this message today is one of the latter. Um, Community is actually a topic that I have historically struggled with. And I think actually we in the Western world tend to struggle with this idea of community. And so when I talk to you today, just know I'm not preaching at you because I'm so good at this. I'm preaching at you because I've been bad at it and I've learned, okay? So we're going to talk about that today. And, you know, have you ever noticed that um, people can get pretty passionate about sports? Is there any passionate sports fans here? (laughs) Yeah, right? Yes, I got some waves. Honestly, my dad is like the most passionate sports person, but he's unfortunately placed his passion on a team called the Warriors. (laughs) And I gotta tell you, man, the Warriors, they did a disservice to themselves. When your team slogan is keep the faith, that is not good, (laughs) all right, and so he, like, honestly, my dad's weekend lives and dies on how the Warriors played, you know, and live for the off-season, eh, when when there's not, like, the roller coaster ride of how the Warriors played, but, you know, people get pretty passionate about sport, don't they, and it's given rise to this phenomenon that I call, like, the armchair critic. Have you ever met an armchair critic Man, they know everything about all the players. They know everything about the positions. They know everything about the strategies. They know who's playing well, who's not playing well, why they're not playing well, why they are playing well. This is the type of person, you don't even need a commentator. You mute that. They can give you the commentary themselves, you know, and it's hilarious. Oftentimes with an armchair critic, what they say is quite correct. Like, they're actually quite right in their wisdom, their understanding, their strategy, all those sorts of things. But the one thing that always remains consistent about an armchair critic because have you ever noticed they always stay in the armchair <laughs> you know their opinions never leave the lounge okay they never leave the armchair those opinions those ideas they stay right there they never actually join the game and i got to admit that in the past man i have been an armchair critic of the church have you ever been an armchair critic of the church Man, the church should do this, and the church should do that. And I remember one time, uh, (laughs) hilariously, Pastor Mike Griffiths was the national leader of the ELA movement before um, Boyd became national leader. And I remember one time as like a 22-year-old, just been brought on staff, um, uh, by the church, and I had some opinions about the church, all right? And you know, when I say the word the church, I don't mean like, um, I wasn't talking about like Elam Christian Center or the Elam denomination, or a, I was talking about, you know, the universal church, the global church. I had some opinions. This little 22-year-old had some opinions about the church, and so I remember one day wandering into Pastor Mike's office, the national leader of the Elam movement, to give him some 22-year-old opinions, all right? The arrogance, the okay? So I wander in here to give some opinions about the church, and I start saying to him, Pastor Mike, the church should be doing this, and the church should be doing that, and he stopped me in my tracks. And in honestly, great humility I see in hindsight, because he could have given me like a whoop down, okay? He could have been like, put me in my place. But do you know what he said to me? He said, Haley, who is the church? Who is the church? By the church, when you're saying the church, who do you mean? Do you mean Elam? Do you mean some denomination? Do you mean a particular local entity? Or do you mean the global, the universal church? And I said, oh, well, I mean the global church, the universal church. And he very kindly reminded me, but Haley, remember, you are also the church. It was his way of saying, hey, enough armchair critic. It's time for you to get in the game. Because the truth is, is that it's very easy to criticize the church when we see it as a game that we are not involved in playing, right? When we see it as something that we ourselves are not part of. You know, we have a tendency to do this with church all the time. We say church is a service, and so we go and we receive what we need, and then we leave. Or we think maybe that church is a performance, and so we go and we watch, and then we leave. Or we think that church is an institution. And so we go and watch those who are paid to do it. We go and watch them, and then we depart. Or we think it's a business. And so we go and we do the thing that we need to do, and then we leave. But the truth is is that church is far more than all of those things. It's far more than a location. We're not at church when, when we're in a specific physical location, and then not at church when we're not. No, Church is more than an institution. It's more than a business. Church is so much more than a service or a location. In fact, church, very simply, is a community. It's a community of people who are committed to following Christ and doing life with one another. Very simply, the church is us. You see, on Sunday, we do ourselves a disservice because we call this thing church. And listen, I'm not saying that we should stop calling it. We call this church, but the truth is what happens on Sunday, man, it's not church. It's the gathering of a church. It's the gathering of a community, which exists in every moment and every day. Church does not stop when we all leave this place and the music finishes. Church does not conclude when the preaching is over. Why? Because the church exceeds this. The church is a body. The church is a temple. The church is a flock. The church is people. It's a community of people committed to following Christ and doing life together. And so when we criticize the church, when I criticize the church, I wasn't criticizing something outside of myself. Listen, I was criticizing something that I was right in the very center of. You see, the truth is, is that it's not that is the church, it's we are the church. The church is a community of people. You see, we are called to be far more than an outside observer of the church. You and I, we are made for community. We need community. You know, one of the things that I'm fascinated about, Asif uh, Seth uh, mentioned, I lecture at Bible College, and um, I get to lecture theology. One of the things that I'm most interested in, and bear with me because I'm about to say a word that we don't say much in the church, Trinity, okay? We don't talk about the Trinity much because we find it a bit confusing, but you know, one of the things that we don't speak enough about is that he is a Trinity. God is a Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. From before the beginning, God has been a community. God has been in community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all in committed community, loving each other. Do you know when God said, let us make man in our image, do you know what that means? It means that we are not reflecting the image of God if we're trying to do it alone. Because God is community. And so if we are going to be people who truly reflect his nature, listen, we've got to be in community too. You and I are created for community. Relationships aren't just part of life. Relationships are life. We were created for relationship with God. We were created to be in relationship with one another. We are made for community. It's a community. Called the church. If you're taking notes this morning, let me encourage you to write this down. Community requires investment. Community requires investment. It's a pretty simple truth, you know. Truth is, is that we know this instinctively when it comes to relationship. If I have superficial, uh, superficial investment in a relationship with someone, then I'm going to have a superficial relationship. If I have a deep investment with someone, where I invest my time, my love, my grace. All love is is sharing of yourself with someone and them sharing themselves with you back. That's all love is. If I have deep investment, then I'm going to have a deeper relationship. Why? Because very simply, community requires relationship. You know, at, at our church, I know it doesn't happen at this church, but at our church, you know, um, sometimes, you know, people will come to me and say, Oh, Haley, like, I, I don't feel a sense of belonging. And my initial reaction would probably be, well, perhaps hang around for five minutes after the service. Perhaps, (laughs) perhaps, man, the only time, perhaps if you tried to greet someone for more than the five minutes when the pastor says, turn around and say hi to someone and welcome into the house of the Lord. Why? Because if there is deep investment, come on, there's going to be deeper relationship. Community requires investment. I am astounded by the descriptions of the early church. I don't know if you read the book of Acts, but I love the descriptions of the early church. And this is what it says in Acts 2, verse 42 to 47. I think it's on the screens, but it says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, and get this, had everything in common, They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Man, that's investment. And listen, I'm not saying now everyone, listen, the practical point of this message is everyone go away and sell what you have. Bring it back. Okay, that's not the practical point of this message, all right? If the Holy Spirit speaks to you, fine. But listen, I'm not saying that. You know, but what I'm saying is there is great investment here. Listen, this is what you've got to know about the church. There is no entry fee to the church. There are no hidden costs, there are no sign up fee. If you are under the sound of my voice right now, you belong, you belong. But listen, your feeling of belonging will only come into line with the fact of your belonging if you're prepared to invest. The fact is that you belong. But your feeling, let me tell you, of belonging will follow your investment. I remember I had a, a, a girl who came to our church. And um, if you don't know anything about Elam Christian Center South, like we are in the heart of Rewa, Rewa Hard, okay? I've learned to say that. But <laughs> we are in the heart of Manurewa, okay? And um, I remember one day a girl arrived at our church, just turned up one day, and she had an incredible story. She was from the North Shore, from over here, actually. Um, and she was in a season where she wanted to go to a place where no one knew her, um, wanted to have like a, a fresh start. And so she started attending our church drove all the way up for the North Shore, like every week. But she understood that her sense of belonging at the church was tied to how much she was willing to invest. And she wanted to belong. She wanted to give it a good go. Do you know what she did? She joined two life groups, not one, two. She came whenever she could. Uh, She knew that at that stage, I cleaned the church on Thursdays. It was my pleasure to clean the church, prepare the bride for Sunday, and... (laughs) Um, I got to uh, clean the church, and she would come on Thursdays, and she'd help me clean the church. She ended up leading the life group that she first joined. She ended up moving on site when we had apartments on site, and she ended up in our Bible college. Can I tell you that her sense of belonging followed her investment? Because she invested, she had a greater sense of belonging. I'm going to say it again. If you are here today, it is a fact that you belong. But your sense of your belonging, your feeling of belonging is always going to follow your investment. This is what it says in Acts 2, verse 42 to 47. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. Get this. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. There's a principle here. Community means growth. Community always means growth. It means growth of the church, but just so you know, it also means growth of you. Because I am convinced today that a believer cannot grow in isolation. You cannot grow in isolation. You know, I imagine one day that uh, a, a couple has a baby and they have the baby and they spend a couple of days in growth, uh, birth care or whatever it's called, growth care. Birth care, I don't think it's called growth care. I've never been. <laughs> birth care, we're going to say birth care, and they're finally going to take their baby home, right? And the midwife or whoever comes to them, and they're like, what's the first thing you're going to do when you go home? And imagine what the couple said to them, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put our little child to bed, and then we're just going to go out and have some us time. Because, man, that birth, that pregnancy thing, that labor, it was hard. It's really taken us out of it. So we need to do some self-care. We're going to put that little girl to bed and we are going to go out. Can I tell you what the midwife would say? They would say that you are not fit to be parents. You are not taking that little girl anywhere. Why? Because they understand that that little girl, in order to grow safely, come on, she needs community. You see, God knows how we grow, doesn't he? And so what he does is then whenever a child is born, he places them in little communities, communities that we call family. Because God knows that if a child is gonna grow, they need to be surrounded. How many people know it takes a village to raise a child? And just like that principle is true in the natural, it's true in the spiritual. If you are gonna grow into all God has called you to be, you're gonna have to do it with other people. Community means growth. Firstly, community means spiritual growth. It means spiritual growth. If you and I are gonna grow up to be the spiritual people, to be the people of God God has called us to be, we need to do it together. Um, I used to play hockey um, and you'll be pleased to know that when I played hockey for Auckland, we normally almost always got beaten by North Harbour. It was horrible. I'm going to admit it in front of all you are to try and build a bridge, all right? It's <laughs> building bridges right now. But I used to play hockey, right? And I, I noticed something incredible. When I played with players who were better than me, how many people know I played better? But when I played with players who perhaps weren't as good as my skill level, my skill level dropped. Because how many people know that you match what's around you? You match the temperature of the environment that you are in. That's true of life you will reflect the community that you are a part of. You will reflect the community that you are part of. And so it's so important for all of us to be surrounding ourselves with people who are gonna encourage us in our faith. Paul said something amazing in Corinthians. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. And when you first read that, you're like, man, was Paul being arrogant? Like, was Paul being up himself? Like, I'm the man Christian, you should follow me. But actually, he's illustrating an incredible principle He's illustrating to us that every believer grows better when they're following, when they're following someone else. Can I ask you today, who are you following? Who is consistently showing you the example of Christ? Who are you going after? Because I can tell you that your spiritual growth is tied to who you're doing life with. I'm so blessed because um, Pastor Boyd and Sharon, and I don't know if you've had the chance to meet them, but man, this is brag on your pastor moment. They are amazing, amazing people. And I met them when I was uh, like six months saved, six months a Christian, and I knew nothing. Man, I remember one time, this is probably an overshare, but I'm going to tell you it anyway, because I feel like we're mates, to be honest. I feel like we're close now. I remember one time, I was so freshly saved, and I was trying to read my Bible, (laughs) and how many people know, man, the Bible to a new believer can be confusing. Always tell a new believer to start in the Old Testament, the New Testament, because the Old Testament, man, And so I was going through Genesis, right? And all of a sudden, I come up with this word circumcision. And I was like, I know what that is in the world. But surely that's not what God is talking about. And so I was like, remember, I was out with Shaz one time. And I was like, Shaz, what is circumcision? She looked all awkward. And suddenly I realized that I understood the word correctly. But you know, man, honestly, I have watched those two and followed those two and they've shown me how to have faith when I'm faithless and they've shown me how to have hope when I'm hopeless. They've shown me how to stay the path and be compassionate and consistent and grace-filled to other people and I would not be who I am today without the fact that I have followed them as they have followed Christ. Who are you following this morning? Because community means spiritual growth. Secondly, just so you know, community means character growth. This is the not fun point of the sermon, all right? Because character growth is very rarely enjoyable. Have you noticed that? Character growth is most often hard. You know, it says in Proverbs that as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And we love that scripture, right? We're like, yeah, iron sharpening iron. We're all going to be sharp for Jesus, all right? But have you even noticed that when iron sharpens iron, sparks fly? Have you ever noticed that sometimes it takes conflict to grow your character? You know, I'm really interested in the book of Acts because one of the things that uh, the author, Luke, was doing is he was really interested in providing a picture of, like, the ideal church community, the ideal church community, and one of the things that really interests me is that that's what Paul is trying to do. He's trying to show this amazing church community, but have you noticed that even within that, we see that these characters, Paul, Peter, man, they had conflict. How many people know that Paul and Peter clashed over the inclusion of the Gentiles? Paul says in Galatians that they had sharp words over it. He doesn't Luke doesn't cover up the fact that Paul and Barnabas, who had been on many successful missionary journeys together, man, they parted company over a disagreement that they had over John Mark. How many people know that there was conflict? And if it's gonna happen in the book of Acts, let me tell you it's gonna happen to us. You know, so many of us would like to think that church is a place we go and we all leave our problems and issues at the door. Hello, they come with us, don't they? As long as there are imperfect people, come on, being perfected, we're going to have conflict. And we need to be big enough to know that that's okay. We need to be big enough to know that actually that might be the very thing that's going to grow our character. I remember um, one time uh, just having conflict, this amazing Christian couple, and I was just butting heads with them all the time. Listen, there was a lot of that sparks flying And you know when sparks originally fly, what you do is you blame. (laughs) You go, that's because of what they're doing, they're doing this. I told you this was all about my my mistakes, eh? I I told you this one wouldn't make me an amazing light, but I was like, they're doing this, they're doing that, they're doing this, they're doing that. And then one day I realized, actually, man, sparks were flying because this whole situation was revealing something about me that I needed to work on. Some insecurities in my life that I needed to address. How many people know that when I address them, conflict actually had made me better? Did you know that conflict plus resolution means greater intimacy? Conflict plus resolution means greater intimacy. There are going to be times in this community of imperfect people where we butt heads, and that's okay, because do you know what it is? It's an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to be conformed to the image of God. Community means character growth. Number three, community means gifting growth. Community means gifting growth. See, back to my hockey examples, because I think it's sometimes great to be able to use sports analogies. This, this message is heavy on sports analogies, so it's for all the sports fans. But, you know, I, I played with some girls who used to be, um, we called them, you know, they're people who were good at a lot of positions on the field. But I found that the girls who were talented at a lot of positions on the field, always being put in different places, they never made the starting lineup. We called them, they were like jack of all trades, but master of none. See, the incredible thing about being part of a body is it frees you to run in your lane. You don't have to do everything. You can actually do the thing that you were designed to do. See that's the amazing gift of a body. You and I all carry unique gifting. You and I all carry a unique contribution that we are called to make to the body of Christ. And when we do it together, man, we are freed to run in our own lane. Paul says this in Corinthians. He says, to each is given a manifestation of the gift given for common good. Man, your gift, let me tell you, is given for the common good. It's given for the, it's given for the good of the community. And so when we are freed to do what God has called us to do, then let me tell you, there is going to be gifting growth. But finally today, you need to know this, community means church growth. Remember that scripture, the one that we based all this around, about the, book, the, early, um, the early church? What does it say? It says that they had community, and then it finishes with this statement, statement and the Lord added to their number Daily those who were being saved. Let me tell you something. It is a passion of my life to talk about how the quality of our relationships is what will attract people to church. Do you know what the Bible says, what Jesus said? He said, what is it? Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Let me tell you what follows authentic community. Let me tell you what follows good relationships, authentic relationships. Church growth follows it. Souls follow it. People being saved follows it. You know, the church has bought into a lie that we need more stuff in order to save people. Man, we need to match the lights of the world, the sounds of the world, the this or the that. Man, you know what I would settle for? Community. Because I don't know if you've looked out on the course of our world, But my observation tells me that our world is pretty fractured. That our world actually is pretty isolated. They say that the up and coming generation is one of the loneliest despite being the most connected. Because online community pales in comparison to the community you and I were designed for. The community of an imperfect people coming together around a perfect god loving each other and growing better in the process how attractive is that to a lost and a dying world how attractive is that to a fractured and isolated world you see the community that i see the community of the church i see in my heart is a community that rolls out the welcome mat to everyone A community that is so free to be itself that it has freed everyone else who comes in to be themselves. A community that is inclusive in nature, that is absolutely grace-based. A community who welcomes all despite what they look like, despite what they sound like, despite where they have come from. A community that sees past the exterior to see a heart that beats with the same needs that we all beat with. A community that is committed to championing those who succeed and mourning with those who are not succeeding. A community that has no tall poppy syndrome. That cheers everyone who is bumping their head up above the water to make famous the name of Jesus. A community committed to providing for anyone and whoever has need. Come on, this community actually is called the church. And she is made up of a bunch of imperfect people who are committed to being on a journey together, running after the love and the grace of God, a community that you and I are invited to be a part of. What a privilege. What an honor. And so the question is, would we invest? Would we invest would we be committed to staying the course in a community even when it's hard? Staying the course in a community perhaps even when we feel hurt. And I had felt from the Holy Spirit before I came that possibly there were people here and you've been involved in church community before and it has been you. And I am so sorry for that. I'm so sorry for that. But today, would you begin to invest? I'm not saying that people might not say hurtful things to you. They might. Unfortunately, we are perfect. But come on, we're running after a perfect God. And we're getting better in the process. We're growing in the process. And so today, would you begin again? Would you sign up again? Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you, Lord God, that you are in the of this church. You are in the midst of this community. We thank you, Lord God, that you rolled out the welcome mat for everyone. And so, Lord, we as your people say, we're going to roll out the welcome mat to the world. We're going to say, come one and come all. Come to Jesus. Come on, he's the one who makes difficult burdens burdens. Lord, right now I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice who has experienced hurt at the hands of the church. And today I pray, Lord God, that you would bless them and heal them. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would enable them to start again. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that this begins in grace and ends in grace. It's begun by you and it ends in you. And Lord, we just say, Lord God, that we are open to whatever you want to do. Lord, I pray over this church that it would be a new season of community. Lord, that we would know authentic relationships like never before. Lord, that we would grow closer to one another and we would grow closer to you. And in the process, that all men would be drawn to you. Lord, as our love for one another proves to the world that, you are, that we are your disciples. And I pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said... I mean, and I mean, and I mean.